get started. I'm sure that you can hear me because God has gifted me with a very loud voice, okay? Um, if you can't see any of this stuff, that's fine. We will get it to you. Um, I will send it to you if you would like me to. This is very noisy and distracting me. Um, goes to show, right? <laughs> What's happening? So this is Spirit Empowered Kids. If you were at the regional Kidman conference, it's going to be going to be similar in some senses, different in a lot of other senses. So I just wanted to give you that indication as well. Uh, these two lovely ladies are going to help me hand out some note sheets. I have 45 of them because that's how many the schedule said were on there, but I would guess that there's more than that in this room right now. So I, if you don't get one, I can help you by sending that to you as well, okay? And we are going to spend the next 45 minutes or so talking about some different things, talking about who, what, where, why, how, and all these other things, and then we're going to do a little experimenting, okay? So if you've ever been in a group like this, it's fun to do a little experiment, and it's also an interesting thing because some of you um, might be uncomfortable, but just stick with me through the discomfort, okay? Can we make that agreement? Stick with me through the discomfort. Amen. All right. Fantastic. Okay, so this is my... Maybe if it's a size bar. So this is my email address. If you email me and say, can you send me the Google Slides, I'll just send you the link. All right? So it's M-E-G-H-A-N at explorejourney.org. So that's me. Um, if you want to do that, then I would be glad to send that to you. So I am a children's pastor, kids outreach, missions, all the things pastor um, at a church in Fremont, which you probably don't know where Fremont is because no one does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We do. That's awesome. Good. Um, you're one of the few. And so uh, God has given me this opportunity to see kids baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit over the last formally 13 years of ministry. And so I get to share some of those insights with you today. So we're going to go on this crazy journey. We're going we're gonna to be able to uh, learn and grow. Here's what I need you to know to start out with. At the resource table, there are these little Now What for Kids books. And there's one for salvation, there's one by, called by God, and there's one about the Holy Spirit baptism. These are $1, and it would be fantastic if you had some of these resources. If you don't yet have these, I even use these with adults because some of the language is just easier. Um, especially dealing with the Holy Spirit, adults are just tall kids. So these resources are available to you, and we're going to talk through some of these things as well. But these are critical in this journey of helping us to live the Spirit-empowered life, okay? The biggest thing about the Holy Spirit and kids is this, is that it's not an event. Yes, there is an event involved, but it is not an event. It is a life transformational process, okay? So it is a process. So think about every single thing that we talk about today as a process, all right? I have some questions for you. So that's the wrong slide. Let's see here if this decides to work. Okay, so talk to me. What has been your personal experience with the Holy Spirit? Don't all talk at one time. What, what something? Yes, go ahead. Okay, yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Little nudges. Sometimes jump off the cliff nudges. <laughs> Go ahead. Absolutely. It's not going to work properly the whole time, so let's just embrace it. <laughs> All right. So here's the next question. Did you grow up being taught about the Holy Spirit as a child? If you did, raise your hand. All right. If you did not, raise your hand. Okay. So we have split the difference here. So what was that? What was your perspective based off of that teaching? If you were taught about it as a child, was there fear involved? Yes. Okay. What were the other emotions or thoughts that were experienced? Thought it might be weird. What else? Guilt. What else? Anxiety. What about for those of you that weren't? Go ahead. Absolutely. Okay, so if you didn't grow up knowing anything about the Holy Spirit, what, what were your first reactions whenever you first kind of started to encounter the Holy Spirit? Whether you were, what? Fake. Fake. Weird. What was it? Creepy. So whether you're in this room and you've had positive, incredible experiences or whether you're in this room and you have experiences that were fake or fearful or whatever the case is, that can frame how we relate to teaching children about the Holy Spirit. That can frame how we lead them whenever there's altar times, whether it be at camp or just in a regular situation, there's a little bit inside of you that could frame this like, I know now what I know, but before I used to think it was fake. So what do I do? What do I do? What do I do with that? So what we're going to talk about today is how do we get not just our kids to do this, but our adults. So we already touched on this. There can be fear involved. There can be fear involved in that. There also can be pressure. The first thing that we need to teach our kids in general is that with this whole concept of the Holy Spirit is to not be afraid. To not be afraid. That's easier said than done, right? Easier said than done. Kirsten. The first time I ever asked you, what did the Holy Spirit say to you? What is God showing you? Did I panic you a little bit? Yes. But have you learned over time? Yes. Okay. So we can do this with our kids. It is the Holy Spirit's job to baptize his kids. The pressure is off of you, but when you are an instrument and a conduit of that, it is his 
job to do that. And he can do it in a powerful, powerful way. In Acts 2.17, you may or may not know this verse. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I find myself praying this for my kids at my church. And I keep saying, God, would you pour out your spirit on them so that they can prophesy, so that they can live? Because I don't really want to be a weird church. I don't want to be a church that is known in the community as, you know, we do the weird things. We, you know, we do weird things because we follow Jesus. But I don't want to be known as that. But what I know is that as they grow in that, they can continue to experience his presence. You may have heard this said. Have you heard this said before? There's no junior Holy Spirit. Have you heard that expression? Okay. So recently I heard it said this way, and it's so powerful. There's no junior Holy Spirit because there's no junior devil. There's no junior demon, right? It's like, <laughs> that's mind-blowing, but it's true. There is no such thing as this little devil that's crouching around. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy from them as well. And if you look at anything that goes on in culture in our world, we can see that this is the case. So at our core, we believe that children can and will hear from God. All right, would you do this with me? Would you close your eyes, and would you say, Holy Spirit, speak to me today. Show me everything that you want, and I will listen. Now, I want you to just be quiet for 10 seconds. Amen. What I just did with you is I modeled for you something that you can do with your kids. This is something that we do every single Sunday. And on Sundays, I get to preach to the adults. I even do it with them. Because there's times when we just need to give some room, give some authority. So let's lay the groundwork. Who and what? What is the Holy Spirit about? This slide, I'll tell you what. It'll keep it real every time. All right, here we go. So the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit, gives us power. We know that. If you don't know that, that's what it is. One thing that I teach my kids and this is not going to happen in one week because if you try to give it to them, it's like taking them and feeding them all of the cotton candy that you possibly can and expecting them not to get sick. Okay? So what we teach them is we teach them about the Holy Spirit. We teach them that the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit who gives us power, and these are ways that he is different from us. So these are on your, this I believe is on your note sheet. God has and always will be around. Why is that important for them to know that about the Holy Spirit? Because it's going to lay the groundwork for them to know that the Holy Spirit is always around them. God knows everything and cannot be tricked by anyone. Think about that in the context of the Holy Spirit. Because God knows everything and cannot be tricked by anyone, it means that whenever I think that the Holy Spirit is activated in me is fake, I realize that he can't be tricked. So what we're doing is we're establishing basically the theology in their minds the practice in their minds for the Holy Spirit. God is everywhere, though we can't see him. God is everywhere, though we can't see him. When you came in, I started this uh, bubble machine, and you were probably like, why on earth is she doing that? Did anybody think that? Okay, so you guys just were like, it's weird, and it's, I'm fine with being weird. Okay, I'm good with that. Okay, here, this is one of the things that I used to teach this. To get close to a bubble, I have to be near to them. Those of you that were in the back, you couldn't, these bubbles were not surrounding you. These bubbles were 
not something that you could get close to because they were close to me. They were like God is to us, close to us. He is near, okay? You can use object lessons in the whole time. God has all power and is completely perfect. He has never done anything wrong. God is love. God shows himself in three different ways known as the Trinity. Can you show me, have any of you ever attempted to teach the Trinity to a child? I know some of you in the room probably have. But have you ever done that and go, gone, I don't even know how to start with this? Right? Because there's so many abstract things that go into that. The standard um, way to explain that, one of the ways that I was always taught or I always was raised in, um, because I was raised in a Pentecostal environment, they always had the egg, and they were always like, these are three parts, but it's the same thing. And I used to think to myself, that's so ridiculous. Like, I, I don't even get it. Like, I get what you're saying, but I don't get it. So this can be abstract. So here's what you need to be clear with children, that God the Father is the one who sits on the throne of heaven. We know that from Matthew 6, 9. So God the Father is the one who sits on the throne of heaven. That God the Son is Jesus who died for us and came alive again. We know that from Romans 1, 4. And God the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us here and now. We know that from John 16, 13 through 15. All right. Maybe here's a way to consider it. I am a pastor. I am a daughter. I am a woman. I am a coworker. I am a friend. Do I change who I am at my core in any of those situations? No, but I do different things in those different roles. My role as a daughter is different than my role as a coworker. So, Ask a child, who do you know that does a job? Do they do a different job? So maybe it's you. Maybe you can use your own situation. I work at, but I am the parent of. So you are the same. You just work in different situations, different roles, different things stand out. So how does that relate to the Holy Spirit? God is, and then the Holy Spirit works in different roles. That helps them to go, oh, okay, I can get this. I can be part of that. So what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit does this. The Holy Spirit goes from an it to a personal part of our lives. The Holy Spirit goes from an it. So you got it. If I grew up in a Pentecostal church where they'd be like, they got it. They got it. They got it. And it's like, what it do they have? Like, which one of the it's? Because there's a lot of things going on right now, right? Like, I'm not sure exactly even what's happening. So it goes from an it to a personal part of our lives. The Holy Spirit helps us to know right from wrong. The Holy Spirit helps us to know right from wrong, helps to turn on the light, so to speak. If you're in a situation and you're trying to teach that part, you're trying to explain that part of the Holy Spirit, you can turn the lights off. I can't in this room. You can turn the lights off and turn them back on. Another thing that I love to do with kids is glow sticks in this situation. So I've got these glow sticks and they're not glowing right now, right? They're not glowing. We can't see it because it's not dark in here. However, when there's something that happens, when I crack them, they start to, I'm giving it up. <laughs> I'm giving it to Hannah is what I'm doing. Um, when these start to grow, the light comes on in these, these glow sticks, right? So there's activation that happens. God is light. The Holy Spirit is, shines the light in the darkness. 
You may not be able to catch up to me, and that's okay. We'll just be okay with it. All right, so here's the next thing. The Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. Some people will say that it lives inside of them, and that's really challenging sometimes because I don't know something that lives inside of me. Because if something lives inside of me, I don't want, like, I don't want bugs living inside of me. So a child, I'm going to ask you to think like a child. They, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. What? What? Maybe the thing is to say that he's a part of your life in a way that a regular person couldn't be. And the Holy Spirit helps us to be more like Jesus. Listen, I'm, I might be telling you guys something that you already know. But there's something powerful about teaching our kids about these parts of the Holy Spirit. Because what happens is the groundwork is laid. So they're not just believing in this fairy version of God. So when they go to school and they feel these promptings of the Holy Spirit, they have the groundwork and the understanding to go, oh, this is part of God. This is part of my living, breathing part of relationship. This isn't just something that I think that's mystical being. They don't need another mystical thing to believe in because there's lots of access to that all around. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He helps us to be more like Jesus. The more we grow in Jesus, the more the fruit of the Holy Spirit is shown in our lives. If nothing else, we have to make sure that our kids understand that the fruit of their lives is what shows what's active inside of them. The fruit of their lives is what is inside of them. So if they are not displaying more patience than they did the day before, if they're not displaying more self-control, if you as an adult are not displaying those things, we are not activating the Holy Spirit in, in letting him grow and change us. So how do we bring kids along in that process? We have to teach them. The Holy Spirit will give you power. One of the best parts of the, being a superhero, I can imagine, would be that I have power to do something that I can't otherwise do, right? I have the ability to do something. I, I would not like to be a superhero that is like super strength. However, I would love to be a superhero that could fly or could have strength in that way. Whatever it is for your kids, help them to identify the piece that they can hold on to, that their nugget would be so critical for them. So the Holy Spirit gives power. He gives power to tell other people about Jesus and bring them to himself. We have to teach them that. We have to teach our kids that that's the role of the Holy Spirit. Why should our kids be Spirit-empowered? Because biblical knowledge is not just going to be enough in their lives to, to live it out. I know a lot of things that I don't live out. Are you like me in that? There's a lot of things that I know that I just kind of, okay, that's good to know. But there's something whenever I realize that that knowledge can be acted on. And I would agree that that's probably the case for you. That's the case for our kids. Culture norms, cultural norms tell us that there's gods out there and they can believe in any other one. What if we taught them that there's difference between believing in a God that is not powerful in the sense of the activation of the Holy Spirit, the prompting, the giftings of the Holy Spirit? They could see the difference in that. David Boyd says it this way in the book, Strong Enough to Last. Um, so if you do not have that book, go get it from the resource table. It's a great resource. It's great to help you think and process and strategize. So he says it this way. If we let him, the Holy Spirit will launch the learning experience into powerful realms. He imparts... Okay, let me start again. <laughs> if we let him, the Holy Spirit will launch the learning experience into new and powerful realms. He imparts 
power, power for ministry, power for service, power for evangelism, and power to live for God forever. So let's be super practical. How can I do this? This might be why you're all here. I'm sure that it is. But we have to lay the groundwork first. So how can I do this? The first thing is, I'm going to be real helpful for you. Allow kids to hear speaking in tongues. Allow them to hear the stories of the miracles. We can't expect them to believe and encounter something that they've never heard of. We can't expect that they're going to have their faith rise up and the Holy Spirit's going to dwell inside of them in greater measure if they don't even know that these things exist. When I was a kid, the first time I ever heard someone speaking in tongues, I was very curious. Because I was like, what on earth? I didn't know they knew another language, is really what my question was. So I started talking to them. It was my friend's, my best friend's dad, and he was a pastor, so it happened to work out very conveniently. I said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm just talking to Jesus. And I was like, but you're not using words. And he said, I'm using different words. And it wasn't at all like, what do you mean, Mia? Like, I didn't get, like, it was just, I'm just talking to Jesus. But because I heard that, there was a curiosity that rose up inside of me. And the more I heard it, then I started to hear it at church. Then I started to hear it in, in my parents, even. It, it just goes like this, right? Whenever you buy a yellow car, then you see yellow cars for the rest of your life. You don't pay attention until, you know, unless if something else goes on. So when we tell the stories of the Holy Spirit's activity, when we tell the stories of the miraculous things, that's when that becomes an awareness. One of the incredible ways that we have to do this is through the BGMC curriculum. So there's a true mission story, and they often tell the story of what the Holy Spirit has done. So maybe you don't do BGMC. Maybe your church doesn't look like that. Maybe your context is different. Perhaps you're a small group leader. Perhaps you are a person in this room, and you are not the lead kid, kids person. You are not the point person. You go, well, what do I do with this information? If you're in a small group, maybe you lead girls' ministries or whatever the case might be. Maybe you're with those kids, and you can say, hey, the Holy Spirit nudged me in this way. And they might not think anything of it until they do start to think something of it. What, if, what would happen if your kids went home and then they start, what, is that something? Like, what's going on here? Maybe that's something. And there's something that happens in them, a holy curiosity that rises up. We have to model for them that this isn't just something we do on Sundays. So as part of the stories that you tell, make them stories that are also ones that say, this is what happened whenever I was praying in the car. This is what happened when I was on my way to work. This is what happened when I was in school. If you are a high schooler or a middle schooler in here, or you can give them perfect examples of whenever I really just wanted to punch that person in the face, I instead, am I the only person who ever wants to punch people in the face? Okay, all right, good. You all looked at me like, all right. Don't worry, the Holy Spirit's working on me too. It's fine. All right, I'm going to give you the best piece of advice. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you how to lead them to himself. There are things that work in my church context that will not work in your church context. There are things that will work for you that won't work for me. And then there's things that are universal, right? But the Holy Spirit can and will inspire you. For you, maybe the bubbles will work. Maybe the glow sticks will work. Over there I have a pitcher, and if I put water in it, maybe that's the thing that works so that you can show them how it bubbles up out of them. Maybe um, for you it is using strings and cutting them and, and 
however it looks, you're way more creative than you think because the Holy Spirit can help you with that. Make it a part of every service. You go, well, you don't know. Yeah, I don't know how your service looks. What I do know for me is that I have an hour and five minutes if I'm pushing it on a Sunday morning. I also know that I have volunteers that team teach for me. So how does this go into every single service? It's not like every single service we're like, now we are going to pray for the Holy Spirit for 25 minutes. But it is a part of every service in the sense that there is always a reference to a story. There's always a reference to what is the Holy Spirit saying. Earlier I had you pray and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Maybe that's your element for that Sunday. Maybe you don't teach on a Sunday. Maybe you're in a context of, you know, midweek ministry. Maybe that's wherever your part of it comes into play. At the end of it all, we have to do something. Because if we're going to see Jesus exalted and lifted high in Ohio, and we're going to see Ohio for Jesus as we believe that we will, we have got to reproduce and help these kids to see the Holy Spirit as their vision for what's about to happen. Think of your kids in 10 years. Think of yourself in 10 years. We were talking about that yesterday. That's a weird thing to do, but it's so critical to the mission. What about in your curriculum? Maybe you say, well, I don't use a spirit-filled curriculum. Maybe you use orange, or maybe you use Bible Project, and, or maybe you use True Fire, and it is, or maybe you make things up on your own. Wherever you fall in that spectrum, make it part of that curriculum. Make an intentional effort. You might have to pause, because it doesn't fit in the scope and sequence that you're handed, but maybe you have to pause and go, okay, for this month, or for these days, or for these fifth Sundays, or for whatever it looks like, we're going to pause and we're going to take an intentional effort to teach all of that God is stuff. We're going to take an intentional effort to lay the groundwork so that whenever we ask them to access the gifts and the, the authority of the Holy Spirit in them, they have the basis for what they're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Could you take advantage of certain times to give a response every single week. Maybe your response is an interactive prayer station, and maybe you have three or four kids, and you go, I, I don't even know how to start with that. What if your prayer moments were just pause and think? I could tell you a lot of ideas right now, but the reality is you know your kids. You know your context. You know the vision of your church, and you have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. My goal is so that you will, something will trigger inside of you, and you're going to go, oh, okay, yeah. What about asking your kids for the response? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he doing? Here's another idea. Here's another thought for you. So we're talking about teaching them about the Holy Spirit. Listen time. Listening time. I happen to work in a church context where we do this with adults regularly, and so it naturally trickles down to kids. Some of you might not have the influence to be able to do this, but one of the things that we do is we say, we are going to stop right now, and for the next 30 seconds or a minute, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. He might show you a word. He might show you a picture. He might show you a verse that you knew before. He may say nothing, and you just need that minute of absolute silence. So we pray. We stop. We let people take that moment and then say to them, what, is the, what did the Holy Spirit say to you? If it was not personal, meaning if you know 
beyond a shadow of a doubt, sometimes you have to coach people in this. If you have this feeling in your stomach, if you have this strong sense that the word that, that came into your mind is not for you, it's for the greater whole, would you share that? And it is so powerful to see the Holy Spirit move in people's hearts because people will move in their hearts or he will move in their hearts of people that you're just like, oh, okay, that guy was just a drug addict last week. Awesome, you know, like, and there'll be the people that will pop up. So that's with adults, but kids can do it too. Two years ago, a powerful thing happened at Missions Extreme, which this is my Missions Extreme plug. If you don't bring your kids, consider it. Okay, plug over. Uh, so here's something that was powerful. We stopped and we said, what is the Holy Spirit saying? And we had them come and they said it into the microphone and I took a note on my phone. I just took notes. By the end of that note and we read them back, there was like this incredible sense of what God was speaking through the Holy Spirit to those students. So if that's the case with those students, what could it look like for yours? Maybe it's this. On a Sunday, you do your memory verse, right? You do, everyone has a memory verse or a member verse or a power verse or whatever verse you call it, whatever verbiage you use. What if you put it up and you said, I want you to stop and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak through his word to you. And if he said something, just raise your hand. I've seen it in kids where they'll just raise their hand. And you know what? You don't even have to, if you need to move on in your service, maybe it's just a matter of, wow, look at all the hands. The Holy Spirit is speaking through his word and through, by his spirit, the Holy Spirit speaking. And then we move on, right? What does that do in them? It triggers this, oh, the Holy Spirit speaks to me through his word. And they know it because they've experienced it and they've seen, oh, there's, it's not just me. It's not just me. I can do this. All right. And then the last thing, here's another practical piece. Encourage your kids to pray in their prayer language outside of church. Encourage them during worship time to quietly use their prayer language in church. I have yet to be in a situation in my context or the churches that I've worked in where I've heard kids just start shouting in tongues. That typically doesn't happen. Maybe it does in your world. It hasn't in mine. However, I have seen kids with tears in their eyes just with their hands out worshiping and then they're just... And I've seen kids baptize the Holy Spirit in that instant I didn't have to stand near them. I didn't have to coach them. I didn't have to do anything. It just happened to be that the Holy Spirit came upon them, and that was just a natural thing that happened in their lives. Let me pause and say this to you. As adults in this room, if you have not encountered the Holy Spirit in that way, I would challenge you that much like a child, you would begin to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you in that way. I talk to adults often that say, I just can't get past my own mind. Maybe you're here even right now in this context to hear that he is the baptizer. He is the one that empowers you to serve. And maybe even walking out of here, and, and this will start another curiosity in you. You don't have to be in church to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of the best stories are like when you hear about it when they're eating their breakfast cereal or they're in the shower or coming and going. The Holy Spirit is not confined. So encourage your kids outside of the walls of the church to use their prayer language, to pray and to believe that he is with them.
if you take a balloon and you inflate it and then you deflate it, what's going to happen? It's going to deflate. Okay, obvious answer, right? What happens to it whenever you blow it up again? And then you deflate it. Eventually, though, that balloon is going to come to the place where it is going to be so, like, worn out and kind of, like, harder. As we continue to blow the air into the balloon, it continues to remain inflated. In our lives, as we continue to ask the Holy Spirit, our lives begin, they, they remain inflated with him. They remain full of him. Not to compare you to a balloon, but thinking about it, I mean, think of your life that way, right? That's so true. At the times in my life where I felt most defeated are the times when I am not always fanning the flame. And I need to be able to do that. And our kids need to be able to do that. Modeling prayer. Every single leader can model listening, praying, and sharing about the Holy Spirit in their lives. So here's some practical pieces, some more practical pieces about leading kids to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is very intimidating at times. Amen? Yeah? Okay. For others, it's not intimidating at all. These are some things that I have found to be the case for us. So, let me try to catch you up here on the slides. That way, you guys can track with me. All right. Here's what we're going to do. You might want to take notes on this. You may not. That's fine. So, I've said, is there anybody here that wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's a camp. It's a service. It's a whatever. It's a small group. It's a whatever form of church it is. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to explain that the first part of this is to be a follower of Jesus. Groundwork, right? The first part of this is to be a follower of Jesus. Have they asked for forgiveness of sin and to confess that he is the Lord? First part. So if you're here and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, let me ask you a question. If that's you, and if not, you deal with it then. Okay, if that's truly what you believe, pray, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. These things that I'm making assumptions you know, right? Give a few minutes of reflection. Allow them to sit with their thoughts. Allow them to sit with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Use an object lesson. You could use a picture or a whatever. You can tell a story. Whatever your methodology is. I don't do super great with like the silly things like juggling and stuff. I drop them and I can't do that. So I don't try that stuff. I do with what I can. So you're going to explain it again to them. You're going to teach your kids that this is different than being baptized in water. Teach them that that is their outside sign of the life change that they have decided. But this is the second part of it. You can teach them that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Okay? So you're leading them into this conversation. The Holy Spirit is for everyone. That's for you and for you and for you. No matter who you are, where you live, how much money you have, how much money you don't have, the color of your skin, whatever. So it's for everyone. The Holy Spirit's for everyone. The Holy Spirit is not scary. Sometimes people will say the Holy Spirit is the Holy Ghost, and you can read that in translations, and you can do all these things. This is not a scary thing that's going to happen. And in fact, I reassure my students and my kids um, that in this moment, I'm going to walk through this with them. And I don't want anything to scare them or to harm them. So it's that reassurance piece, right? The reassurance of if there's truly like a ghost going to happen in this, I'm going to be with you in that. So it kind of disarms the fear. 
I'm going to explain to them that there is proof that you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it's called speaking in tongues. Acts 2.4 tells us that it's a speaking in a language that they don't already know. And then normally there's a kid that says, I know Spanish, or I know whatever, or, you know, like, whatever. I know, and they make up a language or whatever. Okay, so then put them back on track of like, okay, but it's not going to be one that you know. A heavenly language is going to be between you and God. Why a heavenly language? Well, if we can trust that God can empower you to speak in a different language, we can trust that he will use us to speak to our friends and the people around us. And that is sometimes a moment of revelation, even for adults in the room. If we can trust that the Holy Spirit is going to speak through me something that I don't understand, then I can certainly trust that he's going to help me with my friends. He's going to help me through the hard times. And then leading to kids kids to pray. Remind the kids that you believe what the Holy Spirit wants to do, and it creates this secure, natural experience. Stick with your kids the whole way through. Stick with them. Coaching and leading them is critical. I'm not talking about manipulating them. I'm not talking about creating an emotional experience. However, I am talking about coaching them and leading them. Because if they know that there's somebody with them, there's going to be some kids just automatically, they're like filled with the Holy Spirit this fast and they're just off on their own. Like, okay, I'm good with that. And then there's other kids that they're going to be waiting for you to be like, it's okay. The Holy Spirit is still real. He's still with you. If you're leading adults in this, the adults need to hear it probably five times just as much as the kids. Like, stick with me, stick with me, stay with me on this. We're going to encourage them to worship, perhaps play a worship song. Instruct them that they're going to need to start talking to Jesus out loud because we need them to be moving their their mouth in order to, to do this. We're going to start talking to Jesus out loud. We're going to tell them, just, you're just going to express your worship to him. You're going to talk to Jesus. And then they're going to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want all you have for me. I've had some kids that they start losing their mind at this point. They're like, I want all you have for me. I want all you have for me. And I'm like, it's not about begging. <laughs> you know, you also kind of have to bring them back in. Like, you don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. You don't have to be like, I promise I'll always do my homework. If you, you know, like there's this natural thing that that happens in some kids and so again you're sticking with them so you're 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 helping them right watch the room watch the kids are they ready to make a shift in what they're doing so if they're all praying out loud if they're all worshiping and you start to have this feeling of okay i need to lead them watch that room see where you need to go with it use your discernment from the holy spirit tell your kids by faith we're going to speak in we speak in english and by faith we're going to speak in our prayer language because by, by faith, I open my mouth and my voice box is going to work. And by faith, if I'm praying in the Spirit, I open my mouth and believe that it's going to happen too. Tell them not to mimic. They're not trying to make up things. They're not trying to make up a different language. They're not trying to do these things. You're not going to mimic me, and I'm not going to stand here and, and, and say to you, come on, just say what I said, just say what I said. And then begin to pray in tongues. Pray in, in the Spirit yourself. Pray with the kids. Stick with them verbally as you lead. Ask questions. What are you feeling? What are you sensing? Because that will give you the point that you need to go from, right? There's some kids that are going to be like, I feel the Holy Spirit and I'm speaking in tongues and oh, it's great. And there's going to be other kids be like, I feel afraid, even though you just told them all these things. So now you can lead them through. You can help them through that process. Encourage your kids to keep praying. Encourage them to keep believing. So what about the kids in the, other, in the rest of the room that are sitting in the back staring at you like this? Uh, 
Because it's going to happen, and you're laughing because you've experienced that, right? Absolutely. Have them doing something that's engaging. Maybe they can sit and read. Maybe they can sit and you put verses on the screen. Maybe it's worshiping. Follow up with the kids. Maybe after some time, you're going to know the point in time where you're like, okay, time to move on. Have your leaders, or if you're the only leader, be prepared to be able to have a conversation with those kids. Who are you going to tell about what happened? How is this going to be part of your life? Also, sticking with them is going to help with that discouragement piece. I did everything you said, and it didn't happen. I've had adults say that exact phrase to me. I did everything you said, and it didn't happen, and I'm an adult. All right? One of my friends, I was standing at a camp, and I had no idea that he wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was like, you come here. And I put him with a kid, and we're, as we're all praying and all these other things. And he said, in that moment, I want to look at you and be like, what are you, crazy? I don't even. And he was, like, seeking the Holy Spirit for, like, years and years and years and years and years in ministry. And he was like, I, I, you just did it to me. Like, and I, I, you know, but in that moment, the Holy Spirit also baptized him because it was an opportunity for his brain to be like, oh, oh okay, you know. And I don't understand, you can, I don't understand why it happens to some quickly and others it doesn't. I don't understand the ways of God that some people can look at other people and call out of them with a word of knowledge. I don't understand how all those things work. But what I do know is I teach kids and you can teach kids too. You can teach them like, what were you thinking about just now when you were praying? Oh, I was thinking about China. Okay, so what do you want to do with that? Pray for them right? I just feel really bad because I really have this strong feeling about my friend Sue. Okay, so what is it? What's inside of, what, it, what do you feel like? Well, I just feel like her heart is hurting. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? You're going to go up to Sue and say, hey, I feel like your heart is hurting. Can I pray for you? So what do we do there? We're teaching them the next part of being active in the Holy Spirit. What would it look like in all of our churches, in all of our outreach situations, if before we walked into those contexts, we were watching and waiting for the Holy Spirit? What would it look like if every day kids got up and said, Holy Spirit, speak to me today, speak through me today? We would see Ohio for Jesus, would we not? Because there would be groups of people that would be in schools and other situations, and they would recognize that the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is what gives them eyes to see and ears to hear. My challenge and my encouragement to you is that this is something that is doable. Maybe you're in the room and you're not like the lead person or your lead pastor at your church is kind of maybe on the super expressive kind of side of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're at a church that you're not expressive at all and it's just kind of like, what do I do with myself? Find your place in that spectrum and see what you can do. It might be that you have one group of kids once a month because the way that church people are attending church now is so sporadic and crazy, right? That you might have this opportunity where you only see them every so often. So where you, how are you going to systematically cycle back to the Holy Spirit and helping them to see? How are you going to help them to know that they can hear the Holy Spirit and they can hear from his word in their everyday life? So that it's not an event that happens, but it's a constant process of renewal. The reality is that we get to be part of this. 
And there is so much more that we're we could talk about. This is really like the super flyby version. Okay? The super, super flyby version. But there is a reality that kids can be empowered by his Holy Spirit. You might have kids after these conversations, they go home and they say, Mom, guess what? Today they were talking about the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to get an email or a phone call that says, how am I supposed to talk to them about that? You don't even know. Well, this gives you an opportunity to create, maybe you need to create a resource for your parents. Maybe you use these now what books and you say, here, just start reading it with your kids. Maybe you have this opportunity to say, why don't you come and see what it's like whenever we pray in these ways so that they are engaged in that. Why don't you start asking your kids, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? And what's going to happen is those parents are going to be challenged to up their game in the Holy Spirit as well. I have this mom who Jesus tells her everything. I, I'm telling you, like, I couldn't even think about having a bad day and she's texting me about it, okay? Like, here's the thing, though, that took time. Over time, she has engaged in the Holy Spirit in such a way that that is now part of our relationship. That is part of our life. That is part of even who I am and, and what it spurs me on in faith. So as a kids leader, as a parent, as a aunt, an uncle, a sister, a friend, or whatever your role in life is, imagine what you can do if we engage them in this way. All right, we're going to do a little experiment. All right. I'm going to have you close your eyes. I'm not going to do anything weird to you. Okay. Let me clarify. I'm going to have you close your eyes, and I'm going to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. It might be a word. It might be a picture. It might be a phrase. It might be a verse you know. And then in one minute, I'm going to ask you to share that if there's something that he puts on your heart that is not just for you personally, but for the entire group. Okay. Okay, I'm going to have everybody look at me. If you're here and you at all feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to you and said something that is not just for you, but is for the whole group, I just want you to raise your hand. Would you mind sharing it? I'm your healer. So let's take a minute and let's respond to that. If you're in this room and you need healed, whether it's body, soul, mind, spirit, let's respond to that. So I'm going to lead a prayer. And we're going to respond to that word, okay? let's do that together. Thank you that you are our healer, Jesus. We just, I just speak to whoever that is in this room, and we just thank you that you are a healer. And so let the bodies in this room be healed. Let spirits be restored. Let hearts that are broken be mended and strengthened by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word to us, and we just believe that you are working all of these things out for your good. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there anybody else that felt like God spoke to you? The Holy Spirit spoke to you? Yeah. You are known and I see you. So you, he is our healer and 
known and seen. Let's just take a minute. Let's respond to that, okay? So let's pray. Thank you that you see me and you know me. You see me when I lie down and when I rise up and that you know the innermost parts of my being and you have made me wonderfully complex. And I thank you that that's true of me and every person in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody else? Peace, be still. If you're in the room and you need peace, I would challenge you just even now by the Holy Spirit to say, peace, be still to your heart. Let's pray. I just pray what you said, Holy Spirit. Peace, be still. In Jesus' name, let there be peace. Where there is chaos, let there be peace. Where there is turmoil, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so there was three instances. Oh, Kiki. Oh, my girl. Use your, your cheerleading voice. I push you? Will you stand up and pray? Okay. Would you have done that three years ago? But what has happened for Kiki is she's had these opportunities to engage the Holy Spirit in her life, and it has given her courage to make it more than just an event. It's given her this bigger picture. So what we did in that experiment, as you saw, there was nothing chaotic about that other than me being chaotic sometimes. There wasn't anything in there that I, I there was no magic pixie dust you know, any of those things. So if that was in this situation, how can it be in your kid's context? How can it be in your bus ministry or with the kids that have no other idea? Maybe that's your take home. Maybe your take home is today is the understanding that you can actually lead kids to the, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe for you, the part of this that is pure gold is at camp or at another situation or at VBS where this kid, if there's kids that are seeking the Holy Spirit, you don't this time go, all right, I'll be back here and let them handle it. Because there's this courage that rises up inside of you and says, I, I can do this. I might not have all the answers, but the awesome thing is I don't either. But the Holy Spirit does, and he is active in our lives as we engage in that. So here's your last action step, and then we're going to go. If you would take your note sheet and just flip it to the back, What is 
What is one part of something that you heard today? Whether it's scripture verse, um, leading kids, telling the story, including the miraculous things. What is the one piece that you can start to do in the next three months? I'm not going to ask you to turn it in or anything. I just want you to reflect. What is the one thing that you can do? It might not even be something I said. It might just be something you thought because of something I said. All right, now that you did all of my experiments and all of the science, are there thoughts that you have that you are just, you are coming in here and these are like, these is, this is what is burning in my heart. <laughs> Any thoughts, anything that you are, are wondering that either, if I don't know the answer, I will tell you I don't know the answer, but I will find you an answer. <laughs> thoughts, yes. Okay, we're going to do this rapid-fire version. If you want to write these down on the back of your page, there is a book that is called Kid Power. It is written by Tim Enloe. That's E-N-L-O-E. He, he wrote this kid's book with his kids about the Holy Spirit and how that works. It's like an actual like children's book. Um, there are these now what's, of course. And literally, if you had the ability, you can go through, you could teach this book. And this would be a great resource for you, okay? So there's these now what's. True Fire, it, it's, it's a great curriculum. It's a little bit intensive if you, you have to build the right team. But True Fire is out there. Um, there. There are lots of, there's a faith case. If you're talking simple, there's a faith case that talks about the gifts, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then you can also incorporate that they have one that talks about the supernatural as well. Um, so faith case. Um, yes. Stacy Petty's office has great resources for you. There's lots of things. By the way, there's a lot of Ohio Kidman resources that if you don't know, you need to get to know. There's an area rep in your areas. There are things that are available to you for free. Okay. And it doesn't matter if you're a volunteer, if you're a small group leader, or a whatever kind of leader. If God has put you in a position to lead children, then we would love to be able to help you with that. Okay, so those are some of the things. Um, this is an older one, but there's one that is, it's called Route 66. It's Young Explorers. It's like really, really a lot older, but that one is theologically um, a builder as well. Um, another thought, if you, if you want just... An idea about leading with the Holy Spirit, there is a book uh, called P3 Prayer by Scott Wilson, who is the pastor of Oaks. Um, and that's an adult book, but that can easily be translated to children as well. Scott Wilson. And it's literally a digital book for free. You download, it's like a PDF. I think it's like 55 pages. It's a pretty easy re read. Other thoughts? Anything else that comes to mind?
Yes. Can I push you? I don't know you from anybody. But can I push you? Or I'll do it if you want me to. Okay. Would you pray for us in that vein? Just what you said. Yep. Just pray what you said. Thank you. I literally don't even know your name. I'm so sorry, but that's awesome, right? So if we can do it in this context, we can do it with our kids. And so let me say something. So I know a lot of what Megan says is very simple, but I would say I see it firsthand when it actually works. Why, I, why do I you know, interrupt this whole process and react? Because I see teams all around the room, right? What are they doing that looks like a, a leadership conference? Well, guess what? Okay. And I will say this. Whenever the intensity of the Holy Spirit is turned up, the, um, the coming against is also cranked up. So... Sometimes we put our kids and our teenagers on platforms, not physical platforms, but platforms, and we have them leading media teams, and we have them leading this, and we have them leading that, and we have them inviting their friends to Jesus. But sometimes we fail to tell them that the Holy Spirit inside of them is what they're going to need to fight through whenever the crap hits the fan. <laughs> okay? Whatever. It is what it is. You'll find that I just say what I say. Uh, okay. <laughs> So anyway, um, but it's true. And so when we're talking to our kids, we're saying this is not just about you being in this elite spiritual person or this person that walks around and hovers around and is like, oh, look at me, because that is literally just the lifeblood of who we are called to be as a follower of Jesus is active and alive in what he's called us to do. And they're not going to be missionaries. They're not going to be 
business people that can support missionaries. They're not going to plant churches unless if they have this deep inside of them. And so even what you've heard today, guard it and let it fall on good soil of your heart. We know that from the, the parables that Jesus told. Let it go into the deep parts of your, your heart and let the Holy Spirit water it. And I would look forward to hearing what it means for you. Whatever it means for your context, for your small group, your girls' ministries, your whatevers um, it might be. So can I do this? Can I just bless you before we go? Because I'm already a minute over. But it's Stacy's fault because she interrupted me. Okay? Uh, so there's that. All right. Can we do this? So a prayer is something that we ask God for. A blessing is receiving something that he's already said. All right, so if you would do this for me, if you would open up your hands like you're receiving a gift, I'm just going to say this, and if you agree at the end, you're going to say amen, okay? All right, may the Holy Spirit be poured out on you as ministers of the gospel, whether formally or informally. Would you know the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that he would speak through you to challenge and encourage and equip this generation to be lifelong followers and listeners of the Holy Spirit? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. See you later.